you're looking crafty. You could make a raft out of pencils and foam. You sure looking happy. We could get started with the show. <laughs> can we though? Yes, we can, because it's the Stitchcraft Podcast, episode number fifty-two. Ooh, did somebody go look it up beforehand? Sure did. Look at you. Look who's got the aired. Who's got the internet? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Al Gore. All of us could have it now. <laughs> it's accessible. <laughs> um, well, for, for many. Not all. Oh, that's true. It is very true. It is actually a huge break in uh, accessibility outside of the United States. And even within the United States, it's fucked. Yeah, within the United States, yeah. <laughs> Hence, yep. the idea of distance learning is very flawed. <laughs> yes. Just in case we wanted to start heavy. Let's go. And go light. Yeah. Um, so, I'm Island. I'm Miranda. I was taking a sip of wine. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that, like... Not on purpose. I had managed to mess that up for you, and I'm sorry and uh, also really amused. <clears throat> this box wine is cheap, but I didn't need you to tell show me in mel- many ways <laughs> of how hard it hurts when I cough weird. Oh, my God. Uh, so, hi. How you doing? <laughs> I'm better now. <laughs> what you got in your cup? I suppose- Oh, sorry. Oh, well, I was going to say, we could start with yours, considering that we already know it's, well, let, we already know it's wine. Let me, let me just start with, um, I had a lovely walk around Lake Como today with a friend. And when you are hanging out with a friend who's not in your bubble, you have to find your opportunities. And today was the first warm day here in Minnesota. And I have a feeling the same for Iowa. It yep. was sev- almost 79 today. And yep. so me and my friend were walking around the lake. And the rules are <laughs> you bring your own drink, right? Like, obviously. Obviously. I brought a thermos of rosé box wine. Like, just hey. filled her up to the brim and sloshed all over myself while talking. Because, you know, I got expressive hands. So I <laughs> I got home and Tubi licked my leg a little too much. I was like, oh, I'm covered in rosé. Note to self. <laughs> I also brought my own water and everything to like, because obviously you don't want to drive drunk or anything. So I was like, walk, like we were walking miles and I was like drinking this wine and then I was like, chug, chug water. I had to pee so bad when I got home. But the problem with this is that I've also ruined my day. I can't have any other cocktails. I can't have any other drinks. I have to stay the course. So I am having house wine brand rosé <laughs> in a mason jar, the classiest of mason jars, the, the yes. most frugal of wine glasses <laughs> it's a sophisticated uh sort of sky blue mm, yes color. it is a collector color of the ball mason jar and it says i planned my wedding and <laughs> <laughs> it also says we're gonna have striped paper straws and you're gonna and you're gonna pick up this glass of wine this jar of wine out of the back of a vintage truck that no one uses <laughs> like that's what it says island <laughs> It does. And it whenever does. you go to those kinds of weddings, you're like, we're all going to get shit-faced. Thank you so much for having this beautiful time together. Because it is going to be a fireball city in a minute. Like, <laughs> Live, laugh, love. <laughs> That's literally on the back of the truck. But when you put the truck, you know, hatch down, you can't see it anymore. So, you know, it's there. It's spirit. <laughs> That's what my glass of rosé, my jar of rosé wine says. Um, 
what are you having? <laughs> um, what I'm having is going to sound substantially different. Uh, <laughs> from that. that was such a nice way of saying better. <laughs> it's not, I, no, I would not say that it's better. I feel like this is, um, this was a salvage job. Mm. So uh, I've, I have sung the praises of making shrubs on this sure podcast have. before, I think. Mm-hmm. And so at Christmas, yeah, it must have been Christmas or Thanksgiving. I had, yeah, it must have been Thanksgiving. I had extra cranberries. <clears throat> but after making like a cranberry sauce, I don't really love cranberries in um, like muffins and things like that. Like no, I just. No, no, they, they hurt in muffins. That is not, yeah, a, just, that's not an experience I like. No. No, I just, I, I find cranberries, I really, really like the cranberry sauce that I make, which mm. we can go down that rabbit hole at another time. Um, but most cranberry sauces I don't love. And then other things cranberry that I like are like, they have cranberry juice in them or something, but they are not like actual cranberries. So I looked around the, uh, to internets at um, options for making cranberry shrubs and multiple places had a recipe for making, you know, in various different forms, a cranberry black pepper shrub. Ooh. And the the book that I have that I go to whenever I'm trying to figure out if like a flavor combo is going to work is a book called, um, there's one called Culinary Artistry and one called The Flavor Bible. And they both said that this is a thing, right? Cranberry and black pepper is a thing. And I was like, sweet. Interesting. So I made the shrub and it was way too much. It was too intense for me. I have never met a shrub that that bested me (laughs) and this one was it. So I've had this shrub in my fridge since then. It's got to be since, like I said, early December. And for those of you who are worried, shrubs are amazing because they're self-preserving. So there's enough vinegar in there that you don't have to worry that it's going to go bad. It's not like making a simple syrup where like you got a few weeks at best. Right. Before that simple syrup is growing some stuff that you don't want to drink. Um, the shrub won't do that to you. The shrub will not play you. It will be there for you. <laughs> it is. It really is. Um, and so the problem, of course, is that because I am who I am, I have this shrub that is uh, too much for me. And I know it's going to live forever. Like, it is going to live forever. <laughs> like like the pickles in the pickle jar. <laughs> like share, And like, what am I going to do? Um, and our so I've been sitting on it. Yes, yes. So I've been sitting on it for literal months. And uh, this past weekend, I was like, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to make this work. And I had a little bit of um, a rosemary simple syrup that was from a food box that a local restaurant had done, mm-hmm. um, which I also didn't really quite know what to do with because the rosemary flavor didn't really go with much. So I put them together because I figured how bad could it be. Um, And then I mixed that all together with some soda water and gin. And that was great. So So that's what I'm having Gin and the simple syrup is a rosemary simple syrup. Yep. Maybe you just needed the complexity of like rosemary. I think I needed... Well, I never tried the shrub with gin either. Because normally I have... If I have a shrub... With gin that I like, I usually like it without, too. So I, I had it yeah. as, like, a version of soda 
and I that was terrible. <laughs> and I tried it with, like with simple syrup added, and that was terrible. So it was the complexity of the gin that I needed, which is it's also sort of like floral too. Yeah, usually. yeah, and I think that Urban when floral. you, um, it's sort of like when you. Uh, I don't know how to describe this any better than to say there are times where you mix enough things mm-hmm. with, you know, a, a mixer of some sort, in this case, soda water, but you mix enough different flavors at low enough quantities that it ends up actually balancing itself out in a weird way. Um, so, yeah, so that is what I'm having. And uh, I won't have it again because I will not be making that shrub again <laughs> that same way because it is so not versatile. Also, like, um, how much... I feel like whenever I see a recipe for something and they're like, you just need a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And then look at what you got And me. And I don't know if it's because of how our mother raised us and being from really large families. I'm like, well, I do have two pounds of cranberries. So if I make it, if I use all of the cranberries, I will use it for all of these. Like how much syrup did, like how much shrub did you make? Well, actually, so that's the, that's the thing um, that, was not so bad is that shrubs generally you use a fair amount of fruit in them but you don't end up with a big quantity like a big volume of liquid at the end um so i had maybe cup and a half of cranberries something like that no 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 no. i had oh a cup and a half actually shrub left yeah now that i think about it i probably had a cup and a half of cranberries too Hmm. because it comes in those they come in those like 12 ounce bags or whatever right and so i used a full bag and some for my sauce and then I had like most of a bag left over so no I feel like cranberries come in a very specific quantity for obviously Thanksgiving but once once that time period of the day after Thanksgiving cranberries are worthless like they're just they just take up room in your fridge now your freezer and no one wants them no one I mean they're delicious in the moment and they're very good for turkey and gravy and mashed potatoes and things and yes absolutely but and your cranberry sauce is delicious you do make a wonderful cranberry sauce and there are many versions of cranberry things like i say if they're paired with savory stuff that's really good and i think that's because i like that as in solid form i think somehow in my head that was also going to translate to the shrub right the pepper you think like Mm -hmm. that's going to be really a heightened experience like very flavorful and and exciting and, and aromatic, and it is those things, but it's just it's too much. Too much. But anyway, so I, I found I found one cocktail that works for it. I will use that to drink the rest of this, and then um, I will count it as a lesson that I learned and will not be repeating. Is it Marie Kondo who is like, even if you have to let things go, what do they teach you? Like, mm-hmm. it's not in, not in vain. No. <laughs> All right, I'm done. I was just like, it's not in vain, says me with my table full of garbage that I have not learned any <laughs> lessons from yet. So, <laughs> all right. So, uh, works in progress. What you working on? Would you like to start or do you want me to start? I'd like you to start. Cause I actually really need to think about what I have in progress. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm going to turn away from the camp, the camera. Well, I am turning away from the camera, that but too. that matters to nobody except you <laughs> turning away from the microphone mm-hmm. to pick up my things. So, I have uh, finished some things, and I am working on some things. So, I'll talk first about the things that I finished. 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 Um, I finished, 
and Miranda already knows this, her third oak crest hat. Oh, I love this from... hat so much. <laughs> I'm shaking. And you can tell because it's the third one that she's got. So the first time I made this, and this is uh, from Pom Pom Quarterly, and in the show notes I'll we'll link um, which issue it is and, and who the designer is. Um, but basically it is a cabled hat that has a pattern on it that looks like a, an abstract oak leaf, I would say. And um, it's, it's like that, a, it's an art deco leaf. Yeah. Is the yeah. best way I would put it, but. Yes. And that, it's a large motif. So it's almost like the size of your palm and that's repeated around the body of the hat. And then it's got like art deco columns that go up to the crown and then the top has a knot on it rather than a pom-pom or um, just a bare top. So it's it's got kind of visual interest there. And it's it's a really, really fun project to knit. So I made it for her, uh, I don't know, five years ago or something? It was like the first it, one I'm I looking made. it up. It's issue number 14 from autumn 2015. Cool. Yeah. So it would have been the, the probably the year after that that I made you the first one. Mm-hmm. And I made it in um, Plucky Knitter Traveler Aran, which is a mix of wool and silk and yak. And it is delightful. It is such a, such a good yarn to knit with because it's really soft and springy but it's got really good bounce so it has good memory it's one of Um, the best i love how it looks and it knits up so amazing in this hat especially like the art deco styling because it has such it's like luminous it has Mm -hmm. quite a it just highlights things so wonderfully and doesn't pill nearly not very badly no yeah no actually when i first touched it and i felt how soft it was, I was like, well, that's going to look like garbage in no time. (laughs) Um, But it doesn't. It's great. Um, So then this past winter, I was asking Miranda what she wanted uh, me to knit for her. And she was like, could you make me another one of those hats? Like, is that too much to ask for? And I was like, absolutely not. I love them. I love that yarn. You know, you just need to tell me what color you want. Um, or if you want multiple, like if you can't choose between colors, I'll make a couple. And she was like, oh my gosh. I lost my You know, mind. not realizing, of course, that this is, this brings me joy to do this. Like I would do this um, without being asked, but I would never make the same thing for somebody multiple times unless they asked for it. You know, I'm not, I, I don't think that's a grand idea. Um, anyway, so I finished this one and this one is again in the same yarn, the Plucky Knitter Traveler Aaron. And uh I panic bought a bunch of this yarn when they said that it was being discontinued. I was like, no. So I bought a huge (laughs) amount. Um, And then like, I don't, I want to say like a year later, they're like, Hey, it's back. And I was like, Oh, I guess I, I probably need all that. Whoops. Oops. I mean, it's not an oops because I have it now, but still it was kind of funny. I I I had to talk to my husband about it when I did it because it was like, it's not cheap to buy a large quantity of it. Um, and I was like, uh, is this something that we can do? And he's like, does it make you happy? And can we afford it? And I was like, right now, uh, we can't do this multiple times. And he's like, it's fine. It makes you happy. Do it. Um, which is very sweet. But then again, like I said, when I found it, it wasn't discontinued. I was like, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Whoops. 
Anyway, so this one, like I said, is in that yarn, and the colorway is from the Quintessential Plucky Palette for Fall, and this is the color Wild Blue Yonder, and it's like a really good pair of dark denim jeans that it. have started to fade at the knees a little bit, and that, that luminosity sort of gives you that that feel, and there are a couple, you know, it's, it's a hand-dyed, kettle-dyed, I think, and so it's not perfectly even, which, which makes it even more, even more luminous and like faceted is the best way yes. of putting it. Okay, so I'm looking it up right now. It's so it's Travel Aran, which is A R A N, which mm-hmm. is not something I realized it was spelled that way. But it's 65% extra fine superwash merino, 20% mulberry silk, and 15% 15% yak worsted spun. It's just a very specific blend that mm-hmm. I think I just really have not come across nearly as, or, or, or seen anything like it that has this kind of um, texture. I'm sorry, we're like fangirls, real hard fangirls, but it is- For this co- particular yarn, yes. And the colors that it, when it's dyed, it just soaks it up in a really different way. So- Yeah, I think I, like that I'm a silk has the luminosity and then the yak, because it's not white, makes it heathered looking. So it's both luminous and heathered, which is not particularly common. Yeah. So. Worth it. And it also, the recovery again is amazing. It doesn't pill. Um, The one hat that I started with that was over five, six years ago, it does not look like a hat that I've worn almost every day throughout the winter seasons for five years. And yeah, it looks pretty good. It looks amazing. And And I baby that thing. Baby it. Even when I'm drunk at a brewery wearing it, I am babying it. <laughs> and I wore the red one that you made for me. I wore that today while walking around with my friend, even though it was like 79 degrees almost. But <laughs> but it wasn't too hot. It's the ugh, I want to get rid of all the other hats I have because I love this hat so much. Anyways, I'm going to calm it down. I'm just getting really <laughs> excited. I love it. And I love that you were like, Miranda, do you want me to mail this? third hat to you and I was like no if anything happens I would be so upset I was like I will wait summer is coming I will just wait no need to we'll see each other again yes thank you vaccines oh my gosh what else are you working on uh I am finally and anybody who looks at our Instagram would notice Uh I'm finally seaming up the penny cardigan I know Miranda's like thank god so Miranda bought me this kit years ago now and I knit up the pieces. I probably finished the pieces a year ago. And I hate seaming. I hate it so much. But the look of a seamed sweater, it just oh. it fits really well compared to like a top down. Like I love knitting a top down yoke sweater mm-hmm. or a top down raglan. It's much more fun in the sense that you're, you basically just start knitting and you knit until you're done. And when you're done knitting, you are done. Like, all you have to do is just, like, tuck the ends in, and you're done. Um, That's not what this is like. And so I knit the pieces, and then I did all the weaving to give it that gingham look. And it looks great. And then I just didn't do the seaming. But I'm I'm doing the seaming now, and I have, um, I got the shoulders together. I've got the sleeves, the shoulders uh, set in on the sleeves. I've seamed up one side of the body and most of one of the sleeves, so it'll just be seaming up the other side of the body and the other sleeve. And that's actually the easy seaming. The part that I always dread is setting in the shoulders. 
Um, so that was the part that I dragged my feet on the longest. Um, but once I finished that, like I said, the, um, the rest of it is much simpler because it's, it's much more straightforward techniques. So I am, and what I'm, what's driving me forward on this is that, um, when I finish all the seaming, I still have to put on the collar. I have to knit the collar and knit the button bands. There's no buttons, but there's right. like a button band. It's it's the um, band. It's like a facing. Yeah. A placket. Yeah, a placket. Like a, a placket, yeah. yes. So there's a collar and a placket, but that's like the fun part again because it's knitting again. So what's driving me forward is that I have to finish the seaming so I can get to the part that I really enjoy again. Um, so I'm using that as my motivation. And then the other whip I have... Um, I haven't posted on Instagram, but Miranda has seen a picture of. I have started knitting Ooh. custom Christmas stockings for um, one of Miranda's friends. And um, they are DK weight stockings. I chose to knit them in brown sheep prairie spun DK because I wanted a wool yarn because that's what I enjoy knitting with. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas stockings, you can make them with wool, you can make them with acrylic, you can make them with cotton, but I enjoy knitting with wool, so that's what I've chose. And just as a, a note, this is like a traditional pattern that um, an entire family has used. And yes. it has been throughout a number of generations of kids. So there are wool stockings, there are acrylic stockings, they've been, there are different sizes because other people knitted them and <laughs> versus grandma or an aunt. So there, it's a hodgepodge of things, but it's a big family tradition for them. And yeah. they ran out of people who were able to knit. So this is like a huge, huge request for them, but something kind of simple for us. And um, not simple for us. Well, I say us. Yeah. <laughs> but um I would never be able to do it. Are you kidding me? I'd be screen printing on top of a knitted sock any day. Um, but it's it's just fascinating um, or just really interesting and lovely that people have this tradition and that you were able to pick up the torch for it. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. And that I'm you got to and you, and you got to choose your choice. It was your choice of yarn and your yep. preference, which I think helps make projects like this even better. Because Definitely. it's what you want and it's fun to knit. Yeah, I think I'm not somebody, somebody had asked me before, um, you know, when I was still in residency or still, yeah, it must have been residency or graduate school, like if I would knit for commissions to make money, nobody's asking me this, like I, they wanted me to do it, but they were like, oh, is this a way that you could make some extra money? And I thought, well, I can, but I don't, I didn't want to turn my hobby into my job. And I also did not want to have to work on things I didn't want to work on you know like I didn't want like if somebody's allergic to wool and they insist that I knit everything in cotton like that is not comfortable for my hands and I just wasn't gonna do it you know so so anyway um yeah so I chose I wanted to get a yarn that was regional um because there aren't any local dyers or local folks here in Iowa City who make non-superwash yarns Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted something that was not super washed so that it would like fill in the spaces, you know, if the knitting was uneven and kind of hold things together a little bit better. Um, and I wanted something that was, had the right colors, right. That had like Christmassy colors and that I could get from a local yarn shop. So 
So yeah, so I went with this. Um, and for those who don't know, um, brown sheep is out of Nebraska. Yep, I'm looking at it so. right now. Yep, Nebraska. It was, yep. it's awesome. It's not that far of a, especially from Iowa, like it's very close and yep. I love it. Cool. Sorry. So yeah, I've started with the stocking and I've gotten through, so the pattern obviously covers like the body of the sock, but the custom part is that it's the names of the people that you're buying, that you're making the stocking for and the um, year that they were born in. So, so I've got the name of one done. And as soon as I get the remainder of the pattern for like the dot, the part, the rest of it looks like, um, like it's got a doll pat motif on it and it's got a Santa motif. So once I get the pattern for all of that, I will, finish those up it looks great and that was a long name to fit in there yes yes and i'm, I'm not impressed. gonna say the name nope nope we're good um because it's a kid but mm -hmm. anyway i had when i was told what name i had to fit on this stocking i was like you know there's only a certain number of stitches that stocking pattern <laughs> has and it's got motifs on it that are not really like scalable motifs so anyway i fit it and that was good and then the final thing, this is not really a work in progress, but it's sort of a new um, thing that I learned, which Ooh. I think is a great, um, not just a great pandemic hobby, but is it's both uh, timely because we are recording this on Easter, mm -hmm. but also um, it is a good hobby for people who like want to do something crafty, um, but don't want to dedicate a huge amount of time to it or a huge amount of money. And that is... Pisanki eggs, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it's um, a an Eastern European tradition of um, dyeing eggs, and it's sort of like batik on an egg, where you use wax to draw the picture that you want on the egg, and then you dye it, and then um, if you're really good at it, you actually do that in multiple layers. So you draw a certain motif, you dye the egg the lightest color, you draw the next motif, dye the egg the next darkest color, and then you end up with a multicolored egg at the end where you melt the wax off and you get these really cool patterns. So I just looked this up because I was curious how to say this, and I definitely live nearby um, a Ukrainian church that has an egg sale for this. It's Pazanka. Pazanka, okay. Pazanka. It's when it's in um, English, when it's transliterated into the uh, Roman alphabet, it it's P-Y-S-A-N-K-Y, but it's Pazanka. All right. Yeah, Pazanka. I guess piz, the, the, the Y at the end is like a, a modern English thing to oh. say the style, but it is a Pazanka egg. Someone is going to correct us, and I am fine with it. And Yes, please do. Um, <laughs> but continue. But yeah, so... Um, Miranda and I were taught how to do this by a friend of ours on a Zoom class. That's the other thing that I really like about it is that awesome. it is a technique that people can do, like you can do crafts with people from far away. Um, and it is relatively inexpensive. So for like the beginner kit that you can buy on Etsy, Under I want to say it was like $12, something like that. Maybe even less, but it came and with you all get... the colors and the tools. Yeah, you get six colors and a tool for drawing um, with the wax, a block of wax, uh, instructions, patterns, all that stuff. 
and the dye lasts for a really long time. So the friend who taught us how to do this, she just makes up, she mixes up the dyes um, and they basically keep for months and months. A as year. Long as they're in, is, yeah. Yeah. Because the vinegar. In the dark at room time. Yep. 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 Um, and so I think what was most remarkable to me about this was that the dyes are amazing. So much better than the garbage you buy at the grocery store. Like, I'm sorry, pass, like, or pass, or how do you ever say that? P-A-A-S. I'm done. I'm finished. Never again. Never, Never. again. Never touching that. Ever. This is, because it's so beautifully rich once you have good dyes. Yeah, even if you did not really want to draw anything, you didn't really want to put that much work into it, the intensity of the colors is so good and the um, time it takes to get that intensity of color is so short. So I have an egg, the colors that I chose, um, because my eggs were brown, I didn't have time to go get um, white eggs, but I, so I had brown ones. And so I chose the richest colors in the kit because I wanted to make sure it would show up. So I chose the red and the black. And I thought the black, let's be honest, black anything like a dye tends to end up being kind of thin. And it could be these, a little blue or a little brown. Mm-hmm. And no, these are dark as night. They are the gothest eggs I've yeah, ever this, seen in my life. These are the gothest Easter eggs ever. Mine are brown and red and black. Girl, but you, that red you and, and that black both. are intense. Yeah. We, sorry, I love that like you and I both were just like, let's just do two colors and keep just it figure simple. it out because like we didn't know how long those dyes would keep, so we wanted to keep uh the options open for later if we wanted to make more eggs. But I love that you and I both went for red and black because we were like, let's just have some contrast on these brown mm-hmm. eggs because my eggs are brown as well. Um but I'm gonna say this the big change that also added to making pizanka eggs were that when you melt the wax off of the egg after drawing on them, that little sheen, it's a finished look. It is a finished egg. It is so gorgeous. Now that I'm like a little bit of melted wax on anything, shine shine up that turd. Go ahead. It yes. is wonderful. Like literally, I was not ready for how beautiful my eggs looked when I did not anticipate um, the designs being that good. But that little polish changes everything and it makes the colors so much richer too it's true i think the the color looks richer for having that and the to get the black a complete opaque black took maybe 60 seconds in the bath yeah it is fast it is awesome strong recommend even if you don't really want to learn the technique the dyes alone are worth it the yeah the dyes alone are worth it I also feel like there's uh, the tool, the wax writing tool. I, it is dangerous sometimes to have like a heated metal instrument with usually it has like a plastic or wood handle so you're not like burning yourself. That's maybe not what you want to have around kids. But if your kids are old enough to handle that kind of stuff, like a hot glue gun essentially, mm-hmm. then go to town. It's It makes so much better designs. Like why would you ever use that wax crayon again? from Pa's home dyes. Like, no, no, never. It was, that made, those are big giant lines and weird messages. No. Like, also, mom told me a dirty, nasty story about dad putting inappropriate things on eggs. 
And that that doesn't surprise me at all. And apparently she didn't like to dye eggs around Carl anymore because he <laughs> would draw on the eggs and then leave. And then she would find what he the messages. Yeah. That sounds, yep. Yep. Sounds, sounds like our dad. Right. Sounds about but, right. But also like you got to write real big because the, the writing instrument, which is a crayon, is not, it's it's not, not detailed. It's not fine. Yeah. And this is a really small surface. So I just felt like this was such a, it really broke my brain. I was so, <laughs> I was just so thrilled to understand how this worked. And I was so excited to be like, I can't wait to show other kids this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even about, I don't do eggs every year, but I know that kids love dying eggs, right? We all know this. Uh, not all know this, but it's a, it's a big tradition here in the Midwest and amongst Christian groups. So this is something that I was like, I can't wait to like bring this knowledge and just like blow some brains. Like just be like, look at these dark colors. Oh my God. Anything you write, we now cover it up. And like you can do so many colors. And that's not something that you learn when you're doing, you know, eggs at home with the supermarket dye. I feel like I've lost my mind. I've like gone off the rails. But it changed my life. I just didn't realize that these were <laughs> because this is the other thing. Those egg dye kits are $6.99. They're probably $9.99 now with inflation. They're garbage, complete and total garbage. And I am so mad, so mad that they exist when I know that dyes like this, I'm holding up eggs, no one can see this, literally looking like a crazy person with my like eggs in my hands, that, that we could do something this bright and um, luminous. It's fucking great. It ah, is. It changed it really my is. life. Anyways, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to stop talking <laughs> about this topic. <laughs> Uh, that, that, those are all my works in progress. Dang. Did you do any more eggs? I have not. Um, because I wanted to have a a moment where I could sit and like do something creative. And I think since that weekend, I have not had a day off from work. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so did you make more eggs or not? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're like, I'm trying to sleep, bitch. Like, that's what I'm trying yeah, to do. Yeah, that was my, the weekend that we did, that was my one weekend off in the past month. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, it was worth it. And it was a lot of fun. And the idea of like, what I loved about that get together, and especially because we're, we're a craft podcast, was that people were so into learning from their friends that it snowballed into who's going to teach the next class and what are we going to learn next time? And I believe yes. our friend Jaquetta is going to teach a, um, a chocolate, like a truffle class or some kind of, yes. like, uh, some kind of sweet treat. And I just, I was just like, I love, I'm not even a big part of your group. I know all your friends and I invited my friends to your craft time, but I love that everyone was ready for the next craft together. If anything, this pandemic has taught us all how to stay connected. There's so well, the many other thing that, that I really loved was that the friend of yours that you invited, her mom used to do this and True. sent her all of her tools so that she was using her mom's tools with us in the class. And I was like, oh, this is so fun. Like she's making new friends with us. She's doing something, you know, related to her mom and the tradition there. And I was just, oh, it was great. It was wonderful. And just seeing what our friend Emily made was I, I couldn't believe when she was like, oh, I just did this thing with like a two door rose and like a, like a wreath <laughs> around it. And I was like, show off, such a show off. Meanwhile, I'm making an Eddie, 
an eggy Van Halen egg because I <laughs> couldn't keep my lines straight. <laughs> Hashtag eggy Van Halen. Um, but <laughs> I'm literally writing that down because I forgot about it for a minute. Um, everyone's dumb for not knowing that. Anyways, or maybe you're going to find out. Um, I was just amazed to see what her work was like. I've seen her mom's work before. Like her, her mom's very crafty. But it was great to see that she could use the tools that her mom sent. She was so excited to like get some, some direction that wasn't from her mom because sure. she's done it before with her mom. But it's nice to hear from other people. Like there's things that I do, like every time I do an indigo dyeing class with somebody, like I know how to dye things with indigo. But I want to hear how other people do it because there is methods and ideas and. Just even like how to do things a little differently mm -hmm. is great. I love hearing. It's like cooking. I want to hear everyone's version of like how you do things. So I agree with you. It was a really cool idea. Yeah. All right. Your works in progress are amazing. That was, you are, you have a full list. This page is almost full that I'm writing <laughs> up right now. Um, works in progress. Clearly I already talked about the Pizanka eggs. Am I saying this right? Mm-hmm. Yes, bizarre. Well, as, as best we know, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I did those as well. I did throw out the last two, those two dies though, because they were sitting on my counter, and it was yesterday, which is Saturday, the day before Christ is risen, and I was like, I'm not gonna die any more eggs because I'm just gonna eat these instead. And I, but these three on my table, they're they're goth. They're so death metal, and you know, he's risen. It's uh, it's like goth goth Easter eggs actually make a whole lot of sense right now. It's is true. what I'm trying to say. Um, I didn't need to make more. Very okay. dark. Um, <laughs> so I didn't make any more, but I did throw out my dyes. Um, what else? I'm trying to remember the last thing we talked about at the at uh, episode 51. I did finally finish the cat quilt. Did I already talk about this? I don't think so. Okay, I did the cat quilt. And I did find, um, I did use the reflective heat source uh, batting along with one layer of cotton. And uh, I gave it to my friend Mark to give to his cat grandpa. And grandpa only ate the treat. We put treats on it to like get, see if he would get into it, get on top of the cat bed. And he never did. I left. A couple days later, I was told by Mark that um, grandpa threw up all over it because it was just too much change. <laughs> but guess what, everybody? It's washable. It's fine. So um, it's been washed. <laughs> also, my friend Mark was in the midst of moving. So there's a whole lot of changes for too Grandpa. Much. It was too, too much. much for Grandpa. And and he even said it was like, I, I, didn't, I didn't think it was too much, but you were there. You were giving him treats on his bed with a new bedding. It was just too many steps for Grandpa. Because <laughs> Grandpa's, you know, six, 15, 16. He's an old man. He's an old man, and he's just not ready for the change. And then, meanwhile, he's watching his owner, like, pack up his life all around mm -hmm. him, move his, like, apparently, I didn't know this, but uh, Mark took the, the bowls, like, the water in the food bowl, packed that up, and replaced it with, like, a oh, paper no. plate. Oh, no. And so I feel like my... My cat quilt was not the complete reason. No, absolutely not. Thank you. Thank oh, do you understand? You. Like, they, our cat gets upset <laughs> when we take one of the boxes that we had left out for her to like noozle in, you know, and she'll like 
you know, after a while, she'll tear them up with her claws. So we take the boxes out and she does not care for that (laughs) at all. Even if she never got in the box, like sometimes we just get rid of the box because she didn't like it. She never got inside of it. That she doesn't like. Just doesn't like change. She does not care for change. I mean, I get it. I get it. I don't like change either. I get real mad when someone is... Someone replaces my macaroni and cheese with a different option. Oh, that was my dryer. Sorry, guys. That was loud as heck. Um, I, I don't like change either. I get it. I, I, I don't throw up on everything. That <laughs> I'm not happy about it. But I really appreciate that within the week I finished it, gave it, fed the cat near it. Then he was like, Bleh, all over it. And I was like, it's washable, Mark. And he was like, no problem. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. So anyways, um, I finished the cat quilt. And right now, I would say that my big push is my personal work. And I say personal work, but my actual work work, like what I am paid to do. I'm in the throes of spring 2022, which if you're working for a large company, you plan a year ahead. And so I've been watching what all of y'all are buying and deciding what I need to plan for next year. So um Here's a, here's a top tip. Everyone has been in lockdown for a long time. You know what they like? Color. Everyone is like showing up like clowns. Everyone wants to show up bright and- Like a pizanka egg. Like a pizanka egg, bright and vivid. No, like, yep. yes, there's pastels out there, but they still bright as heck. Like there is no place for the dark and the sad. So we're, I'm currently like feeling the feels. It's so weird to plan your design work around a pandemic. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. <laughs> it's I really can't. I'm like I'm not saying woe is me as much as I'm just like y'all are going through some things. <laughs> so like <laughs> everybody is going through it. Yes. And so like I can't have, you know, sad looking things or boring looking things cuz y'all are coming into the stores to get excited, to feel ex- to, to feel, feel alive something. Again. Yes. <laughs> and so it's a very strange time where like people are like we don't want to spend a lot of money and we don't want anything that's too crazy but also make me feel special. Like it is just so many push pulls of like what people want. So it has been a very interesting time planning, but that also just means I'm reading more, listening to more podcasts and just seeing the trends that have happened over time. And then this is a top tip for people who are consumers, which by the way, all of us um, <laughs> to everything there, different retailers responded differently to the pandemic by either canceling orders, changing orders, things like that. And so this is also the strangest time in which we have had so many different trends done at once because people have had to cancel orders, carry their orders forward because they, they were losing money. And it is, it's one of those things where like, I used to go to a store and be able to tell what's cool and what's going to happen next year. And this is the time where I'm like, who knows? It is a, it is a patchwork quilt of, of of aesthetics it's very very interesting right now so you just have to be careful like you know what you uh attach your wagon to you know so (laughs) you guys it's all about apples everyone's gonna be like it's not about apples it's not someone had to cancel an order and this is what we're seeing now (laughs) like there's (laughs) this is they or they couldn't cancel it in time apples everything and i'm like oh no (laughs) this is before we thought we had a pandemic but this is like that time frame of the year where we started the pandemic right around now. This is when people were finalizing their ideas. And then throughout the year, people had to change what they bought or um, change what looked it looked like in stores 
or you know god knows what so it is a very interesting time where my brain power has been dedicated 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 so <laughs> does that make sense the other thing it does it does the other thing that i know you did that i know you have not talked about on the podcast um is the podcast that you were on oh oh i was oh i'm so shy all of a sudden i'm very shy. <laughs> suddenly i'm so shy because oh i was a guest on somebody else's podcast <laughs> um there's a podcast I listen to, and actually I listen to it on Sundays, right before you and I have a tendency to record on Sundays. I think you've talked about it on our podcast before. Yeah, I, I probably have. It's the Lucky Mojo um, Root Work Hour. And Lucky Mojo is a, a hoodoo and curio company in Forestville, California. They um, are very dedicated to selling spiritual curio supplies for many religions and ideas. Um, which is really interesting when you think about it. Like, if you want anything, they got it, which is very rare in this world. <laughs> um, but they have a podcast called The Root Work Hour, and they talk about many different um, practices, whether that is religious or based in the timing of the year, um, things like that. Hoodoo, of course, which mm-hmm. is predominantly... It, it, actually, not predominantly. It is 100% founded in black slavery. It was a religion that has been founded of those people who had um, unfortunately been brought here and had to find ways to celebrate and do their own kind of worship and understanding and r- like ritual of things that they that make sense to them, right? Because that's when we get when we get down to it, like religion is community, right? So mm-hmm. this is a one of the few religions that have been founded in America and unfortunately founded in a very tough way. But because it's hoodoo and it, because it's based the way it was, there's a lot of influences in it. And so that's why this podcast exists to talk through all of those different facets of religion, um, regional differences, uh, availability to supplies, all these things. They're all very, very different. And they go through lots of different ways of how this grouping of people um, practice. So anyways, I listen a lot because I just want to understand things that I am not of, right? Like we all watch documentaries and things like that. I was, I've been listening for a number of years and they asked me to be on the show. And the interesting part of this is they were like, what would you like to bring to the show? And I was like, How's about like, let's grow with spring. Like, how do you get excited for spring? And because the Lucky Mojo family and group of people are all in California, and then they have a lot of Southerner listeners and stuff like that, I got to bring in the Midwest perspective, Northern Midwest perspective around what happens during spring. Like, what do we see? What do we do? How do we work? And um, it was just really great to talk about the signs of spring with so many different people and, uh, and I don't know, it's, I'm, I'm rambling, but it was just a very cool podcast and it's not religious in any particular way as much as it was just, how do you see the signs of spring? How are you excited? What can you be looking for when you're out walking or what can you do in your day-to-day life? Like right now, my other work in progress, this is it kind of dovetails together. I'm repotting all of my plants because it's been a full year since I potted them. It's time to like give them more soil, like topsoil. It's time to get them in a bigger base. 
It's also time to fertilize them. It's time to just give them a new setting because they're getting a lot more sunlight. And you can't just mm -hmm. keep getting sunlight and staying in the same pot. It's just not going to happen. So I'm in that process. And hence... What a wonderful uh, metaphor for life. <laughs> well, and I think that's the reason I brought that topic to the show because it was just like, this is a really great time to realize like your surroundings and what you can do about it. So, um, yeah. That's awesome. So that was the show I was on. Oh my God, I was not ready to talk about it. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just knew it was something that you hadn't talked about on the podcast. I knew it was topical. And uh, I also know that it happened long enough ago that you might not have been thinking about it. So, I appreciate you bringing it up. And I, I think, you know, our podcast is the stretch we're Stitchcraft. So there's a lot of crafts within that. There's a whole lot of um, ideas of what that, what craft means and what that mm -hmm. uh, pertains to your life and how you access that and show it. Um, but this was one of those things where I was like, I'm really excited to talk about this. And one of my favorite parts of the show, they were like, what is, oh, someone is making a weird noise outside. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, my windows are open. So now we're gonna have some noises. My favorite part of the show was they asked me about uh, what are some things that you guys do in the Midwest to honor spring? And I was like, we don't clean up our gardens until May. Like you want to rake up the leaves. You want to clean up your garden the minute it's warm outside. And you can't do that. You need to let it, you need to leave the leaves or you need to let it be. And I say be because you need to let pollinators and other, like especially bees, but other kinds of pollinators, butterflies and things like that, they're, actually, I don't know if it's butterflies, but bees and other pollinators are hibernating in your dead old nasty leaves. And you need to let them wake up. Don't be rude. Don't be putting them in a bag. It's not time. You got to leave the leaves. And so uh, I was fascinated when a friend told me about this. She was like, it has to be 50 degrees or warmer consistently every day before you can touch your yard. And she's like, everyone wants to get out and fix their yard at the, on the warmest day of the year. But the minute that it thaws, they're like, yes, do it. And, but the thing is, if we know anything about climate change and about the Midwest, there's going to be another frost. There's going to be something. Mm -hmm. So um, that was like my favorite little thing to add to that show. It's just like, you got to leave the leaves. Like if you want pollinators to make your garden beautiful, you got to wait. It's a whole lot of patience. So it's a, another metaphor for life <laughs> no one can see me doing a little like hand under my chin like author photo but i'm absolutely doing it, it, it it's, absolutely it's either are. it's either an author photo or a glamour shots and i never got to do glamour shots and so now it's like my fucking favorite pose ever is the knowing <laughs> <laughs> that's um, the double hand it's a double the... hand and a curious yeah. And, yeah, a head, and a head tilt a head tilt a really strong head tilt it's either that or employee of the month it's what employee of the month is one hand actually no the employee of the month never needs a hand but no hands it's the same head tilt but yes. I, I digress the point is it was a really great podcast thanks for listening everybody let's move on oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> so it is now time for our gold stars all right do you want to start or do you want me to start I'll start because I'll be fast. And this is a thing that I think everybody listening should be very excited about, which is that um, Miranda and I have talked before about the Mission Creek Festival here in Iowa City. It happens in April every year, except obviously last year. 
And I love Mission Creek. Mission Creek is awesome. It brings together music and literature and visual art. And it's this, I can't, it's a full week. Like it's this huge thing. I want to say it's like, it's up there, even though it's only a week, it's up there with like South by Southwest and other, and like Sonar and all the other major festivals in the world that do, that cover multi um, media. Do you know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. going to be movies and music and and poetry and everything. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's in you know um, a small college town, Iowa City, and it is um, not done at one single venue. So and they don't go to um, really big venues. They go to just like clubs in town, bars in town, breweries in town, and that's at shops, and that's where you go. So there there will be like a clothing shop that's having one of the readings where the poets go and, and read that night. Um, there's, it's just, it's really awesome. So obviously last year it was canceled, and that was uh, terrible and sad. And this year, um, still can't open it, but they decided to have a version of it, which is all virtual, and oh. it is the most affordable version yet. This, oh, oh my gosh, I'm looking at the lineup right now, and I am so excited for the music. Oh my gosh. Miranda, it is $15. Oh my, I'm not trying to, like, I sound like, I'm not trying to hype it up and sound fake. That I was just literally looking at it, because I was like, oh, who's, because they have tabs for musicians, literature, and then community, and... I was not ready for some of these acts. Wow. This is great. $15? Even if you don't even watch more than one show, $15? $15, exactly. That is a deal. So so you can buy um, the more expensive ticket package, which comes with a t-shirt and a record and a magazine and stuff like that. Um, And that's obviously wonderful if you can afford it to support the event continuing. If you cannot afford those those really highfalutin tickets, so normally um, a pass I want to say is like a couple hundred dollars because it's like a week of stuff, and the pass gets you into everything. Yeah, but which um, is important when in real life. Yeah, yeah. If it was the real festival, I would I always buy the pass because I always just want to be able to wander to whatever show I want to wander to. And so like if I want to like I think last the last time it was held was 2019 and it was there was Jenny Lewis and then there was a band from uh like you know a bunch of punk bands in one place and a bunch of electronic dance music in another place and um I think Mitski had played Mitski was there and, and um, um Black Moth Super Rainbow and yeah it was, just, and it was wild it was amazing oh there was this guy this jazz musician whose oh, name I cannot yeah. remember right that guy now, was amazing who is really awesome any hoodle sorry so we're, we're like we're talking to each other we're like this the, is great the, remember that <laughs> the, the biggest most expensive pass is the way to go because it's fantastic however this year you can get the $180 pass $195 pass something like that that is all of the events plus you know stuff that'll get mailed to your house however if you just want to see the the shows which are all virtual and it's called mission creek uh, duos and it's like mm-hmm. pairs of musicians or pairs of bands awesome. um and it's two days long and like i said the ticket for accessing the shows is 15 dollars. like you can't go wrong if you if you only like one thing 15 dollars 
is it's really not fantastic i know that not everyone can afford 15 dollars. i'm not going to act that that's not possible but i'm just saying for those who can this is not the ticket price for a major show you know what i mean i think that is it's incredible and the fact that it's going back to supporting people especially during a pandemic when there has been no opportunity for artists to present their music other than online which is extremely yeah. limited because based that's that's a privilege to have access to online community um, and access I'm this is a great deal wow I did not you know it was fifteen dollars oh my god I'm doing this <laughs> you have it pulled up in front of you Can I you do tell me some of the the artist bands. Yes, I will. Oh, here we go. Oh, I, I, I pulled it up. I oh, I'm under the. Oh, so, there's a lot of motorcycles behind me because it's the warmest <laughs> day of the year. So we're gonna have a whole bunch yes. of dum dums without helmets on. Anyways, continue. <laughs> so the literary program is Brandon Taylor, Donica Kelly, Chewy Rentiera, Kisi Lehman. Who, if you haven't read Kisi Lehman's um, work, I strongly recommend. Um, Gina Nutt and Andrea Gibson, and the music is Nat Baldwin, Ami Dang, Billy Dean Thomas, MC Animosity, Sasami, and Japanese Breakfast. And I was going to say that um, Japanese Breakfast is blowing the heck up. So I kind of just want to watch and see what that show is like, personally. Yeah. For $15, I would gladly do that. And also, I don't know if I will ever go 100% back to going to shows in person all the time. I really hope they continue to offer me options to sit at home in my pajamas. That's what I want. Yeah. I love the comfort. I don't like arguing with people. I don't want people to spill beer on me. Yep. Ugh. Or driving after drinking. No, I don't want to do that. No. So, no. like, I don't want to pay for an Uber if I can just sit at home and enjoy myself. So And support these artists still. Right, right? Like, exactly. I, that's the thing is I want to support them. I hope that so. we find some way to have a hybrid world with that. Definitely. Oh, great. Right, so that that is my gold star. Your gold star was not fast, but I also found it really Sorry. hard. It's okay. I was very <laughs> into it. Um, okay, so my gold star, I need to like get to my my point here. My gold star is around a new hobby of Ashley and I, Island and I's um, world, which is roller skating, and. Roller skating has been really popular for a number of years now. Like people have really brought that back in a vengeance, especially when it comes to um, anti-team sports or an- like it's so- it's a solitary sport that involves dancing or just rolling around and having a good time. Some people love roller derby. That's a little too aggressive for me. Um, and then also like trick skating. That's a big thing that a lot of people are into now too. Instead of just doing like, you know going to skate parks and using a skateboard or rollerblades, like using quad skates and things like that to do tricks. There's just been a huge growth in that, especially during the pandemic though, more than ever mm-hmm. before people want to go out and have a good time. And if you can't go dancing, what are you going to do? But dance in the street with your, or not in the street, but in a parking lot with your roller skates on. Um, so Island and I have been really into it. Um, I say really into it as an excited about it. And we have since bought our own skates and we have bought protective gear because we're weird old ladies. And this is my moneymaker, my face. Pray for my teeth, everybody. Um, (laughs) Pray for my wrists because I have to use my wrists to work. I've, 
I've, I have fought using protective gear when I was rollerblading when I was younger. And, you know, that's fine because I didn't know I was going to have a job. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. But now I am terrified. I am, I've yeah. seen people fall from drinking too much. I've seen people fall from, like, a wet staircase. So, like, the idea of us enjoying skating needs to have some protective gear in there. It really does yes. for my enjoyment. So, anyways, we're super into it. And in the process of us figuring out our skate choices, our our preferences for buying things, all these things, we are not huge fans of Amazon. And we're not huge fans of buying the biggest brands. And one of the brands that I am so excited about, but it's sold out everywhere. But I'm bringing it up because I think that people need to know that there's other options out there besides some of the big names. Um, and that brand of skate is called the, they're, they're called Moonlight Rollers. And it's a black owned business. The girl who founded it is Adrian Cooper. She's actually pretty young. I'm amazed. Yeah, she was, she's from Chattanooga, Tennessee. And she was on Forbes 30 under 30 list. Shit. Right? And that says a lot. She started, (laughs) she started Moonlight Roller um, in 2019. Before the pandemic, before the trend, all of these things. Like, I mean, yes, skating has been big. It's been out there, but she was in it. And the Mm -hmm. thing I really love about this, and I'm so bummed I can't get a pair of Moonlight Rollers, is that she herself has a wide foot. This is rumored. And that is one of the reasons that her sizing is the way it is. And it's kind of like whenever you find out that there's a shoe company that makes your size exactly the way you need it, you're dedicated. Same with like any place that makes jeans that fit you. You ain't, you're not going to separate from that. Um, And so I can't wait to have an option to buy Moonlight Rollers. And it's one of those things where uh, they're suede. So if you're vegan, sorry, but they have some vegan options. They're suede. They have a lot of support. They have really great wheels and trucks and all the things that you need for a very nice skate. Ready to go. And it's in direct contrast to Moxie. Not in contrast. Direct competition with Moxie, which is a huge um, skate company. Not even a huge skate company, but a really just like a wonderful brand that a lot of people are excited about. You can get that same kind of quality and then some. A better fit because Moxies are really narrow. You can get the wide through Moonlight Roller. And it just made my heart so happy that those kind of options exist and that they're accessible, that they are aware of different bodies and um, around the same price, which is, again, it's incredible. So I pray and I'm so excited for that brand to continue to grow and to keep going. And the other thing I have to add, sorry, I wrote this down earlier and I was like, wait, wait a minute. So not only does Moonlight uh, Roller have skates for sale, they are also a rink in Chattanooga. Um, I believe it's in Chattanooga. It's in Tennessee. So they have a their own roller rink. And they also have the Moonlight mobile app, which is, oh my God, it is skate music. It's a soundtrack for you to skate to. And I, I love it. I need this because if I pulled up Spotify... I'm going to get a lot of weird things that are yeah. not made for skating. But not what I, I want. Yeah. But when you go to the roller rink, that memory, that feeling of what you're going to listen to is not exactly what you want to listen to all the time, but it's for that moment. Those DJs mm-hmm. know what the heck they're doing. And they want you just going round and round in circles. And you know what? I want to be out there on that tennis court or in the school parking lot 
going round and round to some good songs. So the fact that like Moonlight Rollers also made their their entity accessible beyond their skates selling out, I think is a huge lifestyle thing. It's a lifestyle brand. And uh, I love it. I'm excited. I'm, I'm downloading the mobile app because I can't. Don't get wrong. I'm about to like fall and really hurt my myself a couple times, <laughs> and I am definitely just skating in my kitchen right now, trying to get the hang of real quad skates. You and I talked about this. You and I would go to roller rinks, and I was like, I swear to God, they were never this loose. I sw- I swear they weren't this fast. I swear we had a better center of gravity. This is these are just nice skates. Now we're learning. We're learning that through, and I. I want a motivation and right now it's music. So I'm excited. Yay. That's my gold star. A little long winded. Sorry, gang. I've been drinking wine. I think we know this. (laughs) Um, That's my gold star though. That's awesome. So a lot of it based around music in the end, which I, I think is fantastic and very on brand. It is on brand. Absolutely for us. Um, Well, I, I got nothing else to add. I feel like I'm like talked out. I, I love this episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, let us know. Like if, if you are into skating, we're going to take photos of our skate setups. I would love to see what other people are into. Or if you got a story to tell us, because we'll take all your lessons so that we don't have yes. to repeat them ourselves. Like, Cautionary oh, tales. Welcome. Yes. <laughs> so please tell me even the dumbest things. Like tell us what's going on. And you can tell us on Instagram. We are Stitchcraft Sisters. Um, you can also find us at our website, stitchcraftsisters.com. Although I don't think anybody actually leaves us comments there except for bots. Um, and mom. We are very, and, and mom. mom. <laughs> bots and mom. Oh, um, But yeah, Instagram is where we are the most active. And you can let us know uh, how to correctly pronounce Pizanka. And oh um, anything else that, that we fucked up. Always help us out. Feedback's a gift. We can't change unless you tell us. <laughs> Just true. kidding. Well, I mean, we'll change if we learn. <laughs> but also, like, tell us if we're not there yet. <laughs> yes, please. Oh. And thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Super soon. Bye. Bye.